that I'm a very emotional and very sensitive person. I'm definitely an empath. You know, there's there's an imbalance with me. And that's why I posted that up because I wanted people to know that I have my own struggles, but I'm but I am still moving forward. I'm still creating. I don't fall back on the victim mode of, "Oh, I I cheated. Oh, I'm a depressed or oh I'm bipolar I don't ever really discuss that but I want people to know I'm just as human as them and when I'm having a really bad day I'm like I've recently I've recently had a really bad episode you know and I I was scared for my life and nobody was around and I really didn't know who to talk to and I told myself you need to get it together those are things that I take control of there are things that I take ownership of and I'm not going to let something drag me down so You're listening to the On Call Empath Show. And we are back for another episode of the On Call Empath. I want to thank you guys all for tuning in today. I have a very unique guest today uh, by the name of Helen Edwards. Um, She wears many hats. She has her own podcast. She's an author, coach, speaker, yoga instructor, and a bunch of other things that we're going to dive into. Today, we're going to basically talk about cheating, sex, narcissism. You definitely don't want to miss this. Uh, Helen, how are you doing today? Great. I'm doing really well. Thanks for asking. Great to be on. Let's just dive right in. I mean, I know we've had a little discussion about what you've been through. I mean, right now, um, I mean, you're a full-time entrepreneur. You kind of live between Arizona and Wyoming. And, uh, you know, you've been through quite a lot growing up. So I'm just going to kind of let you, you know, talk about what you've been through. But before we start, I just want to let the audience know that obviously this podcast is for entertainment educational purposes only. Please uh, make sure you see a qualified uh, medical professional or a therapist if you're going through any health issues or, or if you need therapy, definitely uh, look out for a qualified uh, medical professional. So with that said, I'm just going to let you kind of talk about, uh, you know, how it all started for you and, you know, why you decided to kind of open up about, you know, cheating and, and all of that. Yeah, thanks. So my journey kind of began as far as becoming open with everything began with the idea of writing something for myself and then for my friends and family. I got the idea from the notebook. Uh, If you haven't seen the movie, the notebook, Mm. um, the elderly woman in the movie uh, has Alzheimer's and her husband, it reads back their love story to each other. And because early dementia runs in my family, I thought this would be amazing to have stories, you know, told back to me if something happens to me. And I thought, well, what, what are the funny stories in my life? And the funny stories at the time were my dating life, my dating stories. And as I was writing, I realized I kind of had a pattern of cheating. And I really didn't understand it. I knew about it, but I didn't really understand it until I started writing about it. And that's when I started learning more about myself. Right. And, you know, I want to thank you for being so upfront and, and coming out. I know it's it's not easy talking about, you know, uh, cheating and, and, and what you've been through. But looking back, um, did you have, I mean, any remorse or what kind of compelled you to to cheat, if you don't mind me asking? 
Sure. So looking back, I actually do not have any remorse. And that is definitely something that makes me question, you know, my habits or also my my um, belief system and, you know, why don't I have remorse? Why ne- why do I, I never have remorse? Um, yeah. So, you know, when I think about it, I had so many reasons why I did it, but the, the thing that stuck out the most to me was the, the habitual pattern. Even when I didn't want to, I would do it. And I just didn't understand why I was going against my, you know, my own, uh, reluctance of doing it. So there, it started making me question about the habits or the the beliefs or even the blueprint on my life that kind of had me doing the same thing over and over again. Yes. And what I find interesting is, you know, like I said, I commend you for coming forward. I mean, there's a lot of people um, that I've talked to that, that do cheat, but they're not so open about it. They'll kind of put it underneath the rug or maybe they'll just rationalize it in their head and say, it was a long time ago. I was young or, uh, I was going through a real hard time, you know, something along those lines, but you're coming out right now and letting the world know, especially in your book that, I mean, you did it and, and, you know, you have no remorse whatsoever. Do you feel like that, you know, where that is coming from? Do you think that stems from maybe, um, some stuff that you went through through childhood or maybe a bad relationship in the past that made you kind of move forward and say, okay, I just, it does, you know, it's, it's not going to affect me. Yes, I definitely, during my writing in the first couple of years that I, so the book took five years to write and it began with the idea of writing these stories. And then that's when I got an editor involved after a hundred pages and she started questioning me on where did you get this from? Where, you know, why don't, why do you feel like that? And I realized it was a unique, it was a unique interest because there's so many people out there that do feel bad that, you know, did it for certain reasons, you know, and then here I was and I had no feeling and I didn't understand why I didn't have any feeling. So I definitely started realizing that. And I wrote in the book of why I felt that it became a blueprint of mine, something I was kind of born into, something I learned at a very young age. Um, and to me, I write about it as it being my normal from a very young age. It was my normal. Um, I'm the second oldest of five kids. I'm the only one that has a different dad. And I didn't find this out until I was 17. So I really started realizing what was going on and what my mom's, my mother's habits were. And how that kind of got passed down to me at a young age. But, you know, I realized too, even that, it still didn't answer the question of why I couldn't feel, why I couldn't feel the emotions of it. Yeah, it's very interesting you say that because, I mean, uh, we have a lot of trauma victims that tune in and empaths and highly sensitive people. And one of the first things that they say is that, you know, they lose like that feeling. Like after they've been burnt or, or something happened growing up or the traumatic experience, it's kind of like a, like, like kind of like a, a way to, um, cope and, uh, and, and, you know, for a lot of people that, that have cheated, um, you know, they don't like to obviously come out or talk about it because of the criticism and the, the judgment from other people, especially, um, 
you know, with your friends and family, they're just going to start talking behind your back, maybe gossiping. So I wanted to ask you, like, how do you um, deal with all the critic critics and being judged for, let's say someone's listening right now and they're just saying, you're just a bad person and you should have learned from your mistakes. How do you move on from this? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, that's something that I definitely thought I might get a lot of. I thought I was going to get a lot of shame, a lot of disgust, uh, you know, because it's a, like you said, trauma. I mean, when I was, when I was married for eight years, I mean, I caught, see, here's the strange part. The strange part was that when I did it, I felt nothing. But when it was done on me, it was devastating. It was heartbreaking. It like, I wanted to take my life quite often because I felt like there was something wrong with me. And it, so it was a catch 22. Um, so I know what that feels like. So I knew I had feelings. I knew I had emotions and I wasn't, you know, <laughs> a complete uh, psychopath. <laughs> so really it fell on my end. You know, what can I do? Well, one of the things I, I took was to research. I wanted to find out if I was able to stop my habits. And I started learning about the female brain and the way females develop. And I actually found, once I wrote this book, a lot of females, married females, Christians, spiritual, women with high integrity, women that I never thought would come forth, came to tell me that they too had, you know, uh, um, desires to, to cheat, um, that they didn't really understand themselves. So it's not, it's not such a shameful thing when we start realizing that maybe we're hardwired. Some of us are hardwired to have these open relationships that we don't want. It's kind of a strange thing, but it's good to come clean about it and talk to women, other women about it. Uh, It's not just men that do it. I know a lot of men, um, you know, they just, they don't see anything wrong with it. I mean, they're married, you know, they'll, they'll go on dating apps and they'll try to get, you know, a date. (laughs) And so when you ask them, you know, they're like, you know, they're, they're kind of sneaking around and doing that. So, I mean, there's no discrimination, you know, whether it's male or female, it's, it's, it, it, it does cross people's minds and it's just being human. But, you know, whether you can, I guess, uh, if you want to say suppress it or, it, you know, for some people it, they justify it and, uh, there's no problem whatsoever. So I wanted to ask you like, so did, have you gotten a lot of like pushback from, from people, from friends? Have they like just kind of disappeared on you and, and said, well, I can't deal with you. I don't want to be your friend or I don't want, I don't want to you know, associate with you because you're a cheater. Have you come across that or uh, does that even phase you at this point? Because you're so successful, it looks like. (laughs) Well, looks can be deceiving. (laughs) Actually, um, surprisingly, the pushback has been very minimal. It's been more embraced. Um, But I have gotten pushback from actually two people. And those two people were very, very close to me. And, um, one of them was one of my closest, closest and dearest friends for over two decades. And she judged me harshly. I'll never forget. She judged me real hard. It was something that was very hard for her to overcome because she was herself was getting, um, cheated on by her, her, uh, boyfriend. And when she saw me doing it, she just 
was really upset about it. And, um, and she called me out and she confronted me and I said, you know, I get, I get where you're at. I get why you're upset, but hear me out. And I explained to her the situation with me and I kid you not, I kid you not a year later, she ends up doing it. She ends up cheating and guess who's the only person she can run to and talk to about it. I am. So here's this, here's the thing. The thing is that I don't condone cheating. Okay. I'm not here telling women like definitely do it. No, no. What I'm saying is there, there are desires that we have that sometimes we don't have control over until we learn about them, acknowledge them, and then surrender to the idea that we can control it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, I mean, I've had guests on this podcast. In fact, uh, I had a gentleman by the name of Zach Mathers, and uh, he was on episode 39, and he, he came out. And I I believe he also um, tells the world that, you know, he did cheat as well. And uh, the the other part was like the person that he cheated on ended up not leaving him. So I wanted to ask you what you thought about that. Um, You know, whether it's male or female, that's, you know, it, it happens on both sides. But I'm I'm just wondering what your take on it is. Let's say if somebody cheated on you, would you take off or would you stick around and and try to, you know, give them another chance because this gentleman, you know, he he had his wife that stuck with him through thick and thin. So I'm just wondering what you mm-hmm. think about that. I have many thoughts about it, and it, not every situation is the same situation. I actually write. See, during my journey of cheating, and I'm I'm saying it's a journey because it's been my whole life. Um, I've come up against different relationships and different aspects of it and why, why I've done it for different reasons. Um, so, you know, of course there's people who go out, they have too much to drink and they're, they lose control of their judgments and then they make a mistake. You know, there, there's things that happen. There's things that happen in the heat of passion. There's things that happen because of resentment and anger. So I myself have been with somebody who's consistently cheated on me and I forgave them, forgave them, forgave them until I got to a point where I said, all right, I'm done. Let's play. You know? So, um, it goes back to, it go for me personally, somebody who is a notorious cheater, somebody, somebody that will stay in the game just to play. If you, you know, from old habits, um, I believe that there's the way I've grown and I've changed my habits is because I've taken control of it and I've taken responsibility for it. So the husband that, you know, his wife forgave him and they worked through that. I'm pretty sure it made them even stronger. It did. He said that it's crazy how you, you are, you already knew, but that's exactly how he ended it. He's, he wouldn't trade it for the world, you know? Right. Yeah. So I mean, what do you think about the term "once a cheater, always a cheater"? Is there any is there anything um, that's true about that? Would you say? I don't believe that to be one hundred percent factual. Um, I do believe that is factual for those that believe it is. And if you are somebody, look, change happens. People do change. People can break from really bad habits. It's just like, um, you know, an addict. 
it's just desire is just as strong right. as an addict. And if an addict can change and if an addict can stop or somebody can become sober for, for 40 years, then the same is true for a cheater. Right. That's the drug of choice, right? Yes. I mean, it could be alcohol. Yes. It could be anything. I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, say one is, be, you know, one is harder than the other, w- worse than the other. It's, it's the fact that you don't know what someone's been through in their lives, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm not trying to justify cheating as, you know, okay, or alcohol or drugs. I mean, we all have to cope and some cope by going on social media all day and trying to post pictures of themselves half naked mm-hmm. and, or guys, girls, you know, so they, they, they crave that attention that they never got growing up. And so that's the type of reality we work you know, live in right now. And I mean, there's so many, I guess right now I want to ask you like moving forward. Um, let's say you, are, are you married? May, can I ask you, may I ask I've been that? divorced now for 16 years, but I am in a I am in the healthiest relationship I've ever been in, and he knows my background. I'm very open about it. Um, I'm very open about what triggers me. And has he read my book? No, <laughs> I've asked him not to. <laughs> so, what would you? I mean, what if what if someone came up to you and said, "Well, I don't agree with what you do," and and you know the guy that you're with now. It's just he's going to be disappointed in the future. What do you what do you have to say about if, if someone did say something like that? Would you just say, "Well, I know him better than you," or I probably wouldn't say anything. I'd just say, oh, "Okay, cool. Thank you for your opinion." I don't know. I've kind of, the way the way that I've realized I am is that you know it, it takes a. I I have my own issues. You know, I I deal with my own mood disorder, disorder. I deal with my own mental problems. And when somebody else comes to me with their, you know, harsh judgments or large opinions, you know, I realize it's not about me. It's about them. And that takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of practice to keep your, your warrior at stand to protect you. Because the thing is, if I allowed somebody's opinion to constantly uh, direct me, whichever way they're trying to get it to, I would probably continually be a cheater because I would allow that to affect me to go back to my drug of choice. Yeah. And the reason why I ask that is because a lot of empaths are highly sensitive. They like to, they care what other people think. Mm -hmm. They want to people please. And just being labeled as, you know, X, Y, Z, that is uh, very hard um, for someone to, even at work, like if someone knows you as something that you you're known for something at that point, you know, especially empaths, highly sensitive people, they don't want that on their, uh, resume or label. They don't like that. Um, and even personally, like if somebody assumes something, we care what other people think. And I like the fact that you're so open about it and it's kind of like you, you already have your conviction. You already know what the issue is and you're working on it. And, you know that you have a healthy relationship now. So I wanted to ask you on that. Um, what is different from what you have today from, I guess, from a narcissist that you, you had in the past that you uh, told me about? What are, what are some of the differences like uh, between a healthy and a toxic relationship? Yeah, I've had many toxic relationships. And I realized that when you're toxic, you're going to attract toxic. And that doesn't mean that you're a bad person. That just means you've got some um, undealt things that you need to deal with. (laughs) And uh, 
that was me. That was me for many, many years. And I believe, I believe that what's changed was the pivotal moment that changed everything was me learning how to be in a healthy relationship with myself. Because between the time I, I, the narcissist was the last toxic relationship I was in. That was it. That was the final straw that made me step back and realize I need to work on myself. Because when I recognized that he was a narcissist, first of all, I didn't even know what a narcissist was. <laughs> it was the strangest thing. But the, our first argument, it's almost like I, it was like an outer body experience. I stepped out and I saw two people and one was completely out of this world who I've never dealt with before. Look, I've been in relationships and I've never been in a relationship with somebody the way he was talking to me. And I, I just saw it. I saw it clear as day. And I went to, I literally got up and went to the bookstore literally right after that argument and looked up narcissists at the books and everything fit him perfectly. And I thought, this is the craziest thing. That's empathic. How was I able to spot that out so quickly? And, um, and, and then I realized like there's narcissistic traits in all of us, including me. And one of the things we had a lot in common when it came to the narcissistic, um, traits. And I realized this is the most toxic. Like I'm, I need to change my behavior cause I'm done attracting this type of thing in my life. So the pivotal moment was, uh, I went on a solo trip by myself for a month or two months, actually, I traveled all over um, last year. And I took time to just be with myself in nature. I went camping. Um, I read books. I, I danced under the moonlight. You know, I just set my soul free. And I realized that happiness really does come from within. I know everybody says it, but if I could be happy with myself, then I could recognize what happiness looks like in somebody else. And I don't have to rely on them. If I don't want to be with them, if it comes to a point where we're unhappy, I don't have to cheat on them. All I have to do is walk away from the relationship. If somebody's listening right now, um, maybe they cheated, maybe they thought about cheating. Um, what would you kind of tell that person that maybe maybe he's going through kind of similar what you're going through, but has that guilt, has that remorse and doesn't want anyone to know about it. Yeah. So you definitely don't want to hold anything inside because that's really destructive. And the more you're destructive inside, the more you're going to attract the destructiveness on the outside. So you got to break that pattern. You know, there's many ways you can do that. You can work out, you can go to therapy, you can join a, a group and talk about it. What a journal, write about it like I did. Um, you know, confide in a friend, maybe somebody who's not judgmental. Um, the thing is, you have to get it out. So that that is very, very important, because especially empaths, we don't, we hold things in and then we get sick. Um, many of you know, many people, especially high, highly sensitive, we absorb that negative energy. Um, but just wrapping up here, what did you mean by things don't always seem what they what they look like? So what I meant by that was that, you know, I'm I'm human, just like everybody else, and I'm a woman. <laughs> so our cycles are constantly changing every week. Our emotions are are not consistently one hundred. And, you know, I I deal with um a mood disorder. Some know it as manic, some know it as bipolar. And I'm not on any drugs or, or pharmaceutical drugs. 
I've never been on them. My mom kind of raised us at a young age to uh, handle it straight on. She never put us on any pharmaceutical drugs, um, even though she was advised. So what I'm saying by that is that I'm a very emotional and very sensitive person. I'm definitely an empath. Um, I've just learned how to balance my feminine and masculine energy. And I lean more towards the masculine energy because that's my strongest. Because there's days, really, really hard days that I have where I wake up and I don't know who I am. And I'm very open about this in the book. I wake up and I don't know if I'm going to, you know, I, I think about suicide quite often than most people, uh, then I, then I, you know, it's a really big subject to me. That's why I'm such a big um, mental health warrior. Um, my brother took his life in 2017, the day after I launched my book trailer. And, you know, there's, there's an imbalance with me. And that's why I posted that up because I wanted people to know that I have my own struggles, but I'm, but I am still moving forward. I'm still creating. I don't fall back on the victim mode of, oh, I, I cheated. Oh, I'm depressed or, oh, I'm bipolar. I don't ever really discuss that, but I want people to know I'm just as human as them. And when I'm having a really bad day, I'm like, I've recently, I've recently had a really bad episode, you know, and I, I was scared for my life and nobody was around and I really didn't know who to talk to. And I told myself, you need to get it together. You need to take some, I, I'm big on holistic supplements. So I, you know, got some holistic supplements and, um, asked for some support from a few people. And, and those are, those are, those are things that I take control of. There are things that I take ownership of, and I'm not going to let something drag me down. So thanks for asking about that. I think it's really important to talk about. Yes. And I just want to end with just saying, I appreciate you being transparent and genuine because there's so many fake people out there. You're open about, you know, everything that you've been through, yet you still, you know, are pushing, you're successful and you keep moving every day even if you have bad days. So I want anyone that's listening out there to, you know, take note, you know, don't point fingers, don't judge somebody because you don't know what they've been through unless you've been through their shoes. Um, and for somebody like yourself to turn it all around and, and do what you're doing. I mean, I, I definitely look up to that and, and that's what I look for, for somebody, no matter what their past is, as long as you, you recognize what you've done and you're moving forward and you're trying to change in a healthy way. I think that there's something to said about that. So thank you so much for sharing that with the audience. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Before we take off, uh, Helen, can you just tell us where we can find you real quick on social media? Sure. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Sexy Freedom Media. You can also find me on my website, sexyfreedom.com. There you have it, folks. Uh, thanks again, Helen. You're always welcome back. So with that said, um, please let us know how we're doing. Um, you know, you can rate us on the Apple iTunes. Stay tuned for the next episode. And we are out. Okay. You're listening to the on-call and